Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 72. The new year is nearly here. 2023. And that, of course, means New Year's resolutions. When we talked about this last year, we talked about the ups and the downs of making and trying to stick to resolutions, including the good that can come from taking a moment to lift our eyes up from our current course and adjusting our heading, as well as the dangers that can come if we set ourselves up for failure then beat ourselves up over goals that were never based in our own reality of needs, resources and circumstances. So let's not cover that again today. But do go back to last year's New Year's episode if you'd enjoy that chat. Instead, I want to think and talk about some of the things I have learned over the past year and how I'm bringing those to my resolutions this year to try and help make things stick. Over the course of this year, I've made some changes in my life, some big, some small, and I've also doubled down on trying to keep hold of some of the things I know are good for me. Some were resolutions, some were things I figured out along the way. Some have stuck and some have not, at least not as well as I would have liked. But it is in that failure that we can learn so much. Because success can hide problems. When things go well, we often don't think about why. But failure forces us to face up to the things that have gone wrong. Importantly too, failure is the way we find our limits. Without failure, how can we know we have pushed to and then a little past the limit of what we're capable of? We find the limit by failure, by design, by nature. That is something I learned the hard way at the start of this year. And it's a lesson I carry with me into the next. Listening back to episode 47, listening back to last year's resolutions, I promised myself to focus on healing and to find a better balance in life. Certainly the first I feel I've stayed very true to, mostly I suppose because it became unavoidable. But it happened and I gave myself time, help and permission to. In terms of balance, I think I've managed it, at least a little. Partly, I'm sure, thanks to feeling a little more healed, a little more myself, but also through some patient attention to some new habits and behaviours too. One thing I have noticed, and I've noticed this in a few places this year, is how so often progress can feel very hard won 
but also very easily lost. When it comes to reading more fiction, for example, something which I have been trying to do this year and would love to carry on over the next year, it is something I love doing, but it is also something I have at times struggled to keep doing. Reading fiction is something that I feel the benefits of, particularly the difference it makes to my inner life in comparison to scrolling through my phone, the one activity I actively try to replace with reading. Scrolling through my phone is full of this weird dopamine cycle of countless little hits of searching and reward which keep my brain wired. I notice how much I crave it when I get into bed at night, fresh from a scroll session. My brain is not ready to let go of that plentiful supply of dopamine reward that comes with the next video, the next post, the next comment, the next like. Reading is the opposite. It nourishes and nurtures the best parts and qualities of my mind. But it lacks that quick fire instant reward. It is why choosing to read can be so damn hard. I've noticed it at times this year, how when I'm feeling tired or detached, it's so easy to slip into an endless scroll hole. And once I've done it one night, it's easy for it to spill over to another and another. I've had to learn to spot it, to stop, refocus and get myself back on track. It's not hard in one sense. I love reading. I love the effect of reading on my long-term mental health. But in the face of the constant stream of dopamine on offer, a habitual addiction to it, and social media companies incentivized to hook me in and keep me scrolling, it often feels impossibly hard. With work, I really committed myself as part of my healing journey to find a better balance, to not let work take up so much of my time and energy. And certainly with time, I found I've taken really practical steps to get a better balance. Once I'm logged out of work accounts for the day, I am out, no going back, not even when that nagging anxiety kicks in the moment I sit down to relax telling me I have a thing I've not done or there may be a problem I need to deal with. I've been learning to see that part of my brain, the part which searches for problems as one which can get overactive. And I find ways to either distract it with other problems or sometimes I just have to remind myself that it is being overactive. And if that's not helpful, then I'm allowed to just let it pass. If time has been easier to find better balance, energy has been harder. I love my job, I really do, but it is exhausting mentally. I have been trying, I really have, to not let myself get so drained by it. But again, it's another one of those places where progress can be hard won and easily lost as you slip back into patterns of overworking. In other ways, I see it with my experience of anxiety too. I've done a lot of really hard work this year on learning to manage my anxiety. 
I've been learning to live with it, let it speak, but also let it not be the only voice in the conversation. I've been learning to watch for moments, times, even days and weeks when it feels particularly bad. I've been learning to watch what causes that and learning to find ways to reduce the causes I have control over and be kinder to myself about those I cannot control. I have so much more work to do, but I have this year felt like I've made real progress, real hard-won progress. Yet there are still days when it feels like it could all be lost, all be for nothing. But those days are fewer. And they are farther between. And I'm trying not to lose sight of that. There is still much to be done, much more to be won, and also much more to be lost. There is, after all, No way to push past the limits without a little failure. So, setting myself resolutions for the year ahead this year, I want to focus on finding those limits. On pushing myself a little harder, a little farther. To me, this year ahead feels like a time to set new long-term goals for myself and start making my way toward them. That's not the kind of thing you do overnight or that fits comfortably with the changing of the calendar year. Instead, it's something I want to take time and careful thought over. In work, in life, at home and going away, I want to make bigger plans for myself, even if they may take years or a decade to pay off. After a year of healing and finding a new balance, it feels like it's time to use those hard-won gains for something good. It's time to use it, not lose it. You know, the TikTok algorithm really has a way of getting into your head, doesn't it? As I've been writing this episode, two videos have appeared and really stuck out to me. One was about predicting the future, predicting what 2050 will be like, how AI and renewable energy and space travel, among other things, may have begun to radically transform our experiences of life. We so rarely think in time spans so long, so distant. And I suppose for the most part, that is no bad thing. On an individual level, we have so little power to change things that far out. If we only looked decades ahead, we would miss all the many little things now and next that we need to be working on. But there is something to be said for sometimes thinking about the future even that far away. Even if it terrifies me a little to think of all the things the world will become which I will never get to see. Because it helps to remind me of how much more I still have left to see. And it makes me want to refind that work-life energy balance so I can see more of what I want to see. 
The second video was about a scientist who was sharing a photograph of Uranus. No giggling, please. The image was so vivid. The planet, its rings, the moons around it in orbit. The scientist shared how when she had first seen this image, she cried. She had worked and waited 25 years to see it. And when she saw it, and all that hard work and patience had paid off, she cried. And it got me thinking about what it means to work so long and wait so long for things to pay off. How easy it is to give up at the first failure. How quickly I can become disinterested and distracted when things don't work out right away. And it made me, just for a moment, think about what it is I might be able to do if I were willing to put in 25 years of work and patience. So maybe for me this year is about taking that kind of view wondering what I might see in 25 years if I'm patient and persistent and lucky enough, and then setting myself on those journeys. What is this year ahead going to be about for you? What do you need to survive to thrive? What wins do you need to fight for and keep against the headwinds of life? Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at lifeaftervax.com. Until next time. 